will be gone. It's like somebody, I know we sometimes find ourselves losing a lot of loved ones and families. And I've been in over four uh, 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 funerals in the past probably four weeks, maybe five. Two of them has been in my family, but I've not been but to one. And then I lost a, a sister-in-law back in uh, Wednesday of last week. So God is good. Amen? I'm glad I know him. I'm glad I found, he found me. I wasn't looking for him, but he found me. And I'm glad he found me because my feet were all nice slipped. But he came down and pulled me out of the muck and the mire. Oh, thank God. Well, as Brother, as Brother Thompson has said to you about foreign missions and the work of the Lord around the world, God is doing a work, church. Amen. And we need to open our ears and open our hearts and open our eyes. Amen. God has a church that's without number. Did you hear that? I said God has a church without number. Thousands times, thousands times 10,000. Thousands. What a day that's going to be. He's going to open the gates wide for us that we might enter in to the joys of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've never regretted ever coming to God. How about you? I've never wanted to look back to say, look what I left. Only for the purpose of saying, thank God I'm not there. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. And uh, I will dismiss our singers today and all get a good song for me when I come back or when you come back. And uh, I want to bring you some scripture this morning. My heart is uh, burning with a thought and with an expression in me that I want to share this glorious gospel. And I want to talk to you about how, how God wants it done. Amen. And we're going to take you this morning into uh, Paul's ministry to the church at Corinth. And that's going to be in the first chapter. I mean, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 18 and then we'll go to the second stanza in the second chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? Foolishness. But unto us, that's you and I, unto us which are Saved, it is the power of God. Now, you may turn me down just, I think, probably 
a couple of decimals, sister. Now watch. For it is written, I'm going to destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring nothing to the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Question mark. Where is the scribe? And where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolishness of the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, the world by wisdom, what? Knew not God, but it pleased God. Look what, look what the Apostle Paul is saying. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Save them what? You know why you're saved today? Because you believe. By faith of hearing the word of God. That's the reason you're here today. I hope. All right. For, watch, watch Paul. For the Jews. They required a sign. And the Greeks, in their wisdom, sought, off, sought after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. He is a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks, that's just foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. You see your calling, brother, and how that not many wise men, huh? not many wise men, not many learned men, After the flesh, after the flesh, after the flesh. Not many mighty and not many noble are called. For many are called and few are chosen. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And brethren, when I came unto you, the apostle Paul said, came, I came not with excellency of speech, nor wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined, watch Paul, with all of his learning and setting at Gamaliel's feet, the doctor of the law, the instruction Knowing the Hebrew, learned the Hebrew. Now he said, I'm determined to know nothing or know anything among you, said Jesus Christ, and him crucified. For I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. For my speech and my preach what? My preaching was not with enticing words. Of man's wisdom, but in the what demonstration of the spirit and of the power, that your faith 
should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among that are perfect, yet not wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Hallelujah. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before what? The world unto our glory. Look at that. Our glory. He spoke all of this for our admonition and for our glory. And this is what I want to preach to you out of all that I've read to you. Subject that I want to kind of convey to you. Read it. Preaching. And you may see. But let me ask you the question yourself. Does preaching please you? Ah, uh, my, 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 my. I think I got a, I got a, a slight. Maybe you just didn't hear that clear enough. But does preaching please you? Do you like to hear good preaching or somebody just always telling you how good you are? How perfect you are? How righteous you are? Oh, my, my, my. I feel this thing in the, in the tip of my toes. And it's coming, uh, Corte Chate, it's coming in. Because I love God. I love the Word of God. I love to hear somebody who'll preach the Word of God and preach truth. Preach truth. Everything you hear out there, church, is not truth. Some truth, but not all truth. Hallelujah. It just doesn't happen. I wish it did. I wished every person that I heard or seen uh, on a, here on a radio or here on a, uh, uh, a TV service or a religious service was preaching truth. Amen. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You're preaching anything besides Jesus Christ being true, then we're not preaching what God wants us to preach. God wants truth preached to people today. Now, everybody that preaches are not liked. I can tell you that. But let me give you a background. I've I, I done some preaching, uh, teaching here, or I think it was teaching in one of our classes several weeks ago, uh, but what is happening today, according to the Gallup poll, the hottest thing at church today is not just necessarily a worship, even though it is important. It's not smoke and light on the platform. It's not the hip-hop and relevant. Uh, re the relevance of young programs and young uh, things that are happening. It's not the coffee club. Hello? 
I, I know that you've heard this maybe that I've said it, but I've got a lot more to say. Okay? And I'm going to try to preach it if I can. And the hottest thing today in the church is not just beautiful music. All of that's important. Worship is important. But the main ingredient of the church today is preaching the word of God that will please God. If we don't preach to please God, who are we preaching to please? Amen. I, I, I've been in, in the church since 57, 20 years of age. I'm going on 60 years being in the church. So I don't, and when I came to church, let me say to you, I didn't come to church to get saved. I didn't. I don't know about you. Maybe your situations were so bad that you wanted to get saved. I pray that was true. But my coming to church with my twin sisters was not to get saved. I just came to sometimes like some of you. I just want to watch and see what's going on. I just want to see uh, who's shouting the best, who's dressed the best maybe. In fact, none of that entered my mind, but I did. I was curious. Amen. And sometimes God gets a hold of our hearts that makes us curious about what's going on, what's happening in the church over there. Amen. God wants to hear sound preaching. Now, I know, I know you say, I've heard that preacher. I've heard all of that, Bishop. And all. God still wants preaching. For people to be saved, he, they need to hear preaching. Preaching is the number one church ingredient in the church. Because singing won't save you. It might prick your heart a little bit and a couple of tears run down the, the sides of your nose and and you have to uh, blow your nose sometimes, wipe your eyes sometimes. But uh, the thing that's going to save you is hearing the Word of God preached in truth and righteousness. Hallelujah. And so preaching is the hottest thing that's based on the Bible. I'm not talking about uh, soothing people's uh, heart and, and soothing people's conscience. Amen. I'm preaching about serving God in holiness and righteousness for his glory. We like to hear things that tickle our ears. Things come from the pulpit that uh, kind of, you know, give us a real chill bump. But when we're preaching the word of God, there is no limit to what God wants to be preached. We're living in the last days. What are we going to do about it? Keep wanting to hear things that soothes, amen, and tickles our ears? Or do we want to go to heaven? Do we want to be saved? You better get right with God. You're in a church that's been preaching since I came to this area in 1967. The same message, 
the same gospel. All right. Amen. I want to be saved. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to change the message. Amen. I'm not going to change God's word because I'm not allowed to change it. It's, it's his word, not mine, but I do want to preach it. I want to see people get saved, but if they don't obey the word, I can't change that. So here we are in this end time. You know, it doesn't take many generations for the true church to die. Remember in the book of Joshua? Well, wait a minute. Right before the Judges, or in the second or third uh, book or chapter of Judges, the Bible said... There, after Israel had got delivered out of Egypt and all that, there, remember, there was all of those 20 and upward did not make it into the promised land. And then it says in about the second or third chapter, here's what transpired. It said, and there arose another, who? A generation. How much did God, did they know? Huh? But your thinking kept on. Some has already answered the question. There was another generation that did not know God of Jehovah. They did not know the God of Abraham. Or the Cariello Romo Chocotea. Come on. Come on. You're, you're, you're blessed today. Let me tell you something, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. I'm blessed today because of who he is. Hallelujah. He brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light, and I'm blessed. Hallelujah. We need to hear sound doctrine. We need to hear the word of God preached in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Give your hand. Give you the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. The preaching of the word is what will get sinners to be saved. Amen. They need to hear truth and righteousness. Are you aware way back in the book of Genesis, the sixth chapter, let me say, when God was dissatisfied and was said this, I, I, I just absolutely, I'm sorry. I would repent that I made man. That's how bad sin creeped in over a short period of time. But there was a man. He looked over all the canopy of the earth and the amount of people that were there that day and living at that time. And he said, I found a man. And he said if, that, that in him was a preacher of righteousness. Now, none of that was said 
in that. But Second Peter brings it out, I think, in the fourth chapter that said Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Hallelujah. I said he said Noah. Peter said it. He was a preacher of righteousness. So what was he preaching? He was preaching the judgment of God. Out of 130, 120, 130 years, he was preaching that Jesus, well, not in that word language-wise, but he was preaching about the anger of God against the children of Israel. So let me go back just a minute. Only a few generations for a new work of God to be degenerated into apathy, hypocrisy, while it is almost always it will happen when the word of God is not preached in its entirety of truth. Amen. You can't get any closer to that and all. People, they get out of the spirit of worship and praise and, and loving to hear the word of God. The church should be full of righteous people, not disregarding the sinner. Amen. There's a scripture that says, If the righteous scarcely be saved, hear me now, where shall the sinner and the ungodly, if the righteous, righteous, I'm going to say I, I, I'm righteous. Uh, you, you can say I'm righteous. But, but the writer said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly show up? In other words, where will they appear? We're living in the last days. I know some of you right now do not really believe that statement, but it's going to happen. It's going to be so quick. He said in the last days, I'll do a quick work. Amen. God's not going to procrastinate too much longer, but he's just waiting for somebody else to get touched by the Holy Ghost. And get touched by the Spirit of God. Come to an altar of prayer. And pray through. And rejoice in the Lord like you and I should be rejoicing all the time. Because it pleased God. By the foolish preaching is foolishness. But it's God's way to minister his word to a lost and dying world. You heard Brother Johnson or Brother Thompson say how many people around the world are getting the Holy Ghost. Thousands, church, and here America is needing a revival in this last day. They preach here the preaching of the world. We hear we got more churches than any other nation in the world. Preachers are on radio and television and everything else. They're on Google. Is that right? <laughs> uh, they're on YouTube and what else are they? You can hear preaching all the time. But what is it doing? 
if we had people receiving this religious atmosphere, why is our world in so much trouble? Why is sin so rampant in our nation? Why is it that all of that is going on? Because they don't believe that God is going to come again, that Jesus is going to split the clouds of glory. If they did, the church would not hold them. We'd be in a couple of years building the church that pastor has out there on the wall on the other side, and that won't hold them. God is going to bring a revival with us or without us. You hear what I said? God's going to bring a revival with us, with you, or without you. I'd just like to say I want the Lord to bring us along with him. I want God to be a part of the revival that he's planned in this last time, that we can rejoice. We come on rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good today, church. Hallelujah. There's no foolishness in God. I said there's no foolishness in God. God is all-powerful. He's all-knowledge. What is preaching anyway? Oh, it's a lot of gibber to some people. Preaching is the communication of divine truth through human personality. All of us don't have the same personality. Aren't you glad? Everybody would come up on the platform, would have the same personality. We'd get so bored. No wonder nothing would be happening in the church. We're so bored. We hear that same person wherever the bishop is this. And the the pastor is like the bishop. And and, and these preachers are like the pastor. They all say, they all got the same personality. Come on. Look back in the Old Testament when God began to call men. Prophets. Leaders. They all had different personalities. Amen. And so what would it profit you if you had everybody like everybody everybody not wait a minute now I can understand we do we all don't act alike but we worship we all have our 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 way of worshiping God we all don't run the aisles maybe that'd help us it loosen us up a little shake some of the the joints loose a little. Huh? So what is preaching? Another phase of it is a manifestation of the incarnated word from the written word by the spoken word. We take this book. God calls and we answer. I said God calls And we answer. He pricks our heart. He starts putting a burden in the soul of a man. In the spirit of man. He puts his spirit already in him. When he gets the Holy Ghost. 
But there's something at times comes out of a man that says, I got to do something. And we're called. And he calls. Some of us have different callings. But he calls the man of God. Now, not all that are called are preachers. They're teachers. Amen. But they, they work in the kingdom of God. God respects them and their, their uh, uh, project of what they're doing just as much as he uh, respects the pastor. But the pastor is also the last word with God and with the church. God is real, church. God is real. Many are called. God doesn't forsake anybody. He calls all. Many are called, but. Why's that but in there for? But. But few are chosen. You know what? It takes God to look on the heart of a man. Remember Samuel when he went down to Jesse's house? All of these nice-looking young men of Jesse's sons that were physical and they were handsome and they were muscular, they were fighters. But when the prophet got through and said, Jesse, it's not this one and that one and that one and this one and that one. Is this all your sons? Well, no. Well, where's the other one? Well, he's taking care of our sheep out there in the wilderness. But he said, go send for him. Send for that one. But he's just a shepherd boy, Samuel. I don't, God has refused all of these other sons of yours. Sometimes you might think you have something, but God might refuse you. And then the least, the least one that we think would not make it and not do any good at all. When the prophet saw that one, pardon me, excuse me, Lord, goes my phone, my earphone. I'll put it in my pocket. Won't fall again. He said, that's the man. That's the one. Oh, God, that's the one I'm going to choose. That one. Hallelujah. Can you imagine all them other young men? And he was just a rudy-faced young kid, wet behind the ears. So they thought. But God had been training him. God had been training that one out in the desert in the wild, where the wild beast was where the lions were, and where the bears were. Amen. He was fighting them. Amen. And and killing them. Boom. I don't know how he killed them with his hand, but he did. That's what the Bible said. So I'm just repeating what the Bible said. I think the Bible's true, don't you? Amen. What is preaching? A good question. It's not just to tickle our ears so we could come to church and hear a good message. 
and go home and say, boy, the next day, what did that preacher preach on? Huh? Well, it was good. How many times have you said that? How many times that I may have said that? Well, that was a good message, man. How about conference, Brother Thompson? Now, he's the only one of you except my, my, my son and my daughter-in-law that was there and my wife. So she's not here, but Thompson's here. And where's Sister Thompson? Sister Thompson was there. Good preaching. Good preaching. Out of all that 10,000 or so congregation that was there, Stan Gleason stood out. Amen. He he was he is laying it right down. Then our general superintendent picked up on some of it on Friday night, and whew, he laid it out. So, what is preaching? Well, you know, we just it's it's good. And most of us have witnessed preaching nearly every week for over almost all of our lives. But is the preaching helping you? Is the preaching moving you to draw closer to God? Uh, is the preaching helping me to live better? And some of my faults. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. Is it teaching me? Now, let me say, there's a difference in preaching and teaching. Amen. Teaching helps establish you in your walk with God and what God wants out of your lives. <coughs> Pardon me. And so we want to just have a good time in church. And we want to leave church and say, Whoa, I really got a jolt on that one. I can't wait to get back next. What about Wednesday night? Uh-oh. 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 Now you're meddling, preacher, bishop. Get on with the word. I know. I'm trying. i got to go around the barn to get there. Preaching. You know, it's very difficult. You say, I can preach better than that. You know what? It's tough to try to, for a preacher, try to educate you and cause you to step in to hear what he is saying and trying to minister to you about how to live for God and convince, convince you this is the way. Walk ye there in it. Huh? Oh, yeah. Now, come on, come on. Get smile on your face now. Don't sit there on me like, you know. Don't cock that one eye at me now. I've been the bishop of this church. Well, some of you is wearing diapers and before. So, you know who I am. I hope. If anybody doesn't know my name, just ask anybody else in the church. Even the kids know me. Amen. Some of them used to come to my office to eat jelly beans. And some adults still come to the office. And, 
and eat jelly beans. So what are we doing? Well, i tell you what we're doing. We're trying to make disciples and followers out of sinners. Amen. Preaching must contain divine truth. Amen. Not the preacher's opinion. Hear me? It must rest and contain divine truth. The latest pop culture slogan, the headlines from the morning paper, it must communicate the timeless truth of God's word. And this is, church, timeless. In the beginning was the word. Let me read it to you so you won't think I'm just joshing you. St. John chapter 1. I want to read it to you. Hold on. St. John. In the beginning. The beginning of what? In the beginning of time. Was the word. And the word. Logos. Was with God. And Logos. Logos was. God. Goodness, goodness. The same Logos was in the beginning with God. So if he was was the word, then the same was in the beginning with God, the word. And all things were made by him. And without him was nothing made that was made. In him, this is where you come in. In him was life, and the life was the light of me. God gave you life. Amen? But he went further than that. When you finally came to your senses, and you realized, I need God. The devil turned loose on you. But then you got to the place that you said, I need God. I want to go to a church that preaches the Bible, that preaches God's word. I hope to say that's the reason you're here. Because all churches don't preach God's word. Come on. They want to draw the crowd with a pleasurable, back-scratching, message. Amen. If sinners don't hear what God wants them to do, how do we expect them to get saved? Some people, you can show it right to them, but you can't, they can't see it. I heard, I heard Brother Thompson tell him, Brother uh, Gary McNeil, that the mor- this morning. He couldn't, he couldn't get the straight of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Amen. But then again, God opened up his understanding. Well, let's go further. The voice of the preacher is not only competing with 10,000 other voices for attention. It is not the entertainment value the display of ability to preach, amen, it is the word of God 
that must be spoken. It's this end time. I said this end time. Preaching must communicate an ingredient. What do you suppose that ingredient would be? Number one, you got to have faith. You got to have faith to be saved. If you don't believe in the Bible, you can, you won't be saved. Hello, you won't be. I, I heard a lot of young men that I was working with, living like the devil. In fact, living like me, and I wasn't even living like trying to be a, a child of God or, or going to church. I thought if they get into heaven. They're doing the same thing I'm doing. Well, I'm going to get there too. But I was smarter than that. I never knew. Any, I didn't go to church. Maybe a wedding. Maybe a burial, a funeral, a marriage. Somebody else. Somebody else. My family didn't go to church. How about that one? My mother and father knew about this, but they didn't go to church. Until the latter days of their life, my mother almost died. My father, he never went to church. And they had a, he had a brother that was a lay preacher. And we call them lay, they called them lay preachers in, but uh, he didn't pastor a church. He just knew a lot of the Word of God. He liked to talk about it. He liked to talk, tell people about it, and that's what he did. And back then, they called them lay preachers, you know. He wasn't a pastor. So, preaching must contain divine truth. Preaching must communicate truth. It must be presented so that the people from all walks of life can understand it. Amen. The word of God is not that difficult to know what salvation is, what you have to do to be saved. That's what the Philippine jailer asked Paul, Silas, when they were cast into the prison because Paul cast out a demonic spirit of a, of a woman that was making him all kind of money, a, a soothsayer. When they got in prison, God, they start singing. There's nothing wrong in singing. Because I'm going to tell you what, singing can open the door beyond your imagination. And when they begin to sing, something begins to happen. Elvis Presley didn't have anything new on Jailhouse Rock because the Lord done started in that jail in Ephesus. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. And the, sh the sh walls begin to shake. Amen. And the Bible said, and the chains begin to fall off of those. Why? Because there was two men that were in love with the Lord done had their backs slashed uh, with. Man, if that happened to some of us today, we would be mad as hornets. 
and we'd be like trying to want to take somebody's life. Would we not? But you know what? They started worshiping. Oh, how I love Jesus. My imagination. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he loved me. The was about to ready to commit suicide. And the apostle Paul said, Whoa, do thyself no harm. We're all here. None of us has left. What a service. What a service right there. But you know what? God is so good. God's not willing that any perish, but that all men should come what? All men should come to repentance if you haven't repented you should if you haven't bowed your knee before the God of heaven you should because that is what's going to bring you through amen we need to communicate truth it must be presented so that all walks of life may find out what it is all educated levels amen we're living in a day of education where people think their education is going to save them. I got news for them. Education won't save you. Might give you a deeper thought of mind, something to rest on, but it won't save you. You know what's going to save the world? Preaching Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews. Amen. To the Jews and to the Greeks. But unto us, hallelujah, we've got to stay with truth. Amen. You need to stay with truth. And don't be sidetracked by false doctrines, false ideologies. Amen. God, help the church in this end time to stand up and be counted for the gospel's sake. Young people, get a hold of God a hold of this word because it'll never let you down hallelujah oh God touch us today nothing needs to be added to truth in order to set men and women free change people's lives on hearing the word of God that's what this Bible is set to do change people's lives we want we want to change God. We want to change the church's thoughts on the Bible. We don't want to learn anything new. We just want to be argumentary. So, well, it's hard for me to believe all that. How many people do you run into that at times? I can't believe that. I can't believe that that would happen. Well, you may not, but it will. Some people, let me go here. Preaching is not the choice of humankind. Preaching is not God's or God man's remedy. Preaching is God's ministry and remedy. If you don't preach, you won't get nowhere. If the church don't hold to preaching, what are we holding to? We need to preach what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. People may analyze its effectiveness, laugh at it, or declare it to be old-fashioned, to work in modern times, you've got to have something new. 
It's not going to be something new. This is it. This is the end of it. This is all that God needs to save you. Ah, oh, come on. I come out that shot there. All I need is in here. I don't have to go to the library and try to look up some other fictitious way to get saved. Right here is the settled thing of all, God's Word. Amen. And God's in it. God leaps out at, from this book every time you open it up. There's something you missed, something that went astray. And then you open the book and you start reading it. There it is. I found it. It's in the book. I can't deny it. Oh, oh somebody shout hallelujah. I got, a, I got a scripture in the book of Psalms I want to read you. Just hit me. But it's good enough to read, and I want to read it. In the book of Psalms, right in the front. It's right in the front. Don't have to go. Just go to the first part of the book. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Mm. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit. Let me jump down to verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which, which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth. He knows where you are today. If you just come to hear something, amen, and say, well, that'll last me till next week. It won't last much longer than this evening when the sun goes down. If you're looking for something just to soothe your conscience for a few hours. If you're looking for something that won't penetrate your flesh and get you on the right track, as for me and my house, your pastor says, we'll serve the Lord. Lay aside every weight and every sin that, that does so easily beset you. Get rid of those things that upset you and bother you and keep you from serving God. Get a hold of God. You know too much to be lost. You've heard too much preaching to be lost. Teach your children to start reading the Word of God when they get old enough to read. Maybe that will help them. Encourage them. I tell you what, the Bible has a lot to say to us. Why? Because it was written from the forethoughts of God 
teaching and bringing the word to men. He brought to different generations, different countries. For the Lord knoweth, the last verse, six verses, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall what? It'll perish. The truth is a portion who clearly proclaims, I am the truth. And he said, I am the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. No man cometh to the Father. No man can come to the Father but by me. Hallelujah. Why? Why would he make such a statement? Because he said, I and my Father. See? No. I and my Father are one. <laughs> Can't get no closer to one than that. That's it. One. So, here we go. Well, I'm just about having to quit. Let me let me go just a couple of thoughts further. Fads and fashions come and go. Do you believe that? They're already coming now. You young ladies and you mothers and fathers that want or mothers that wants a longer dress, guess what? They're coming back. The fattest short dresses, six inches to eight inches above your knee, up to here. Ladies, you, hold on, it's coming back. They're dropping. Hallelujah. I said they're dropping. The dresses are dropping. They're coming down. Hallelujah. Preaching of truth remains constant. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. God doesn't change. He's stable in all his ways. God cannot lie like man. Amen. He is truthful. Amen. Pads come and go. Well, for you men. Used to be, let me let me let me say to you young people, you see some of these young men around, they're going here, they're going to college and they're going to school. Uh, I, I decided back when I first got in church, I, ha I I took my trousers and I took them to the to the seamstress and I had them I had them sewed up. I had all this big stuff. I couldn't hardly get the calf of my leg down through the hole of the pants. And I thought I was strutting. Oh, man, that was just what I wanted. I was strutting down there with, with uh, my britches leg all tight and hardly pushed my calf of my leg through that pants that was open at the bottom. But 
that pad left. And guess what? That pad came back again. Look at these, look at these young men. And you know what happens when you see young men today? I didn't know that then. If I'd have known that was a fad that was going along that way, I would have never had my pants cut down. But today, with, with no pun intended, young men, you see them at conferences, you see them at colleges, you see them on the street, you see them in stores. And not only that, their trousers are down to here. Hello? Maybe they'll go to bib overhauls in the future. That might help some of these young men that quit trying to show their underwear. Because some, some way or other, preaching is not getting to them. You're going to wink at me and say, hey, you're doing a good job. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm covering all bases. Who's on first? Now, don't take my little innuendos to be he's foolish. Not a, not a long shot on that. So, passions come, dress change, music change, worship change. Amen. We're living in a new day. You know that. Things change. Now, preaching still appeals to what part of your life, what part of your body we feel like consciously. Preaching will still convict the heart. Solid, good, down-to-earth preaching will prick the heart of a sinner. That's the reason we need to preach the word of God. It pleased God to preach his word. God has sat up in heaven now uh, and looking down at this congregation and he said, boy, my, my preacher down there is doing a good job. Keep it up. <laughs> I believe he is. Because I want to preach the word of God. I'm not preaching to please you. I'm preaching to please him. Preaching still appeals. More Americans gather today in churches uh, than ever before. Let me say, I'm going to close. Just give me another. Oh, it's young yet. Is my watch right? I've only got 20 to 1. Am I right? Tell it to me. Because if I'm not right, i got another hour and a half to go. Most of those who go to church today will hear some kind of preaching. You know that? Everybody across America that's in a church today is hearing some other kind of preaching besides what you're preaching. I'm preaching. Amen. And so... Seen in the light, can we not say that listening to preachers preach in America is the favorite pastime? Well, I don't know about that, some say. Preaching is central to Christianity. Amen. Christianity knows 
And many that are sold out to Christianity, Christ-like preaching, is sold out. It is something that's like. Not everybody. Because when the preacher gets really upset and all, they get stirred up and they get mad and they leave the church. But you're not hurting the preacher. Hello? If you get mad, you better repent. And it wouldn't hurt you to say, Pastor, I got mad at you today. You stepped on my toe. And I've heard that many times. I'm sorry. I just deliver in the mail. Do you tell that to the post office when you get all of this your, uh, uh, this all this trashy mail comes in? They keep cutting trees down and growing more trees, cutting more trees down to give you an advertisement. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you glad? No. Are you satisfied with all that stuff? No, because I don't like to sit by my wife or stand at the counter and tear off all my name tags that's on all of that garbage and I'm going to throw away anyway. She'll tell you that. And so in the early church, being a preacher was downright dangerous for your life. Amen. James was killed by the sword. Stephens was stoned to death. Paul was beheaded. Constantine changed all that. And during the collapse of the Roman Empire, of the Dark Ages that followed, superstition shrouded the preacher and the preaching of God's word. Whenever Christianity has made substantial progress, preaching has led the way. When revivals have hit America, it's been preaching that brought the revival. Hello? When Israel got into sin up to their neck, it was the prophet that preached to them, return unto the Lord thy God. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm not, I'm not blowing wind here. It happened. It was the prophets that preached, return unto the Lord. And it was John in the book of Revelation that said unto the churches and unto Ephesus, return unto thy first love. Because God said, I got something against you. I've got something against you. Either repent or perish. Hallelujah. He told John, tell that church, tell the pastor of that church, Change it. Get back to the roots. Amen. And so Christianity, there has been five great centuries of growth. I got some other things to say. That the Bible study within itself. Amen. But let me go to the next phase that I want to close with. For you, so that you will understand. In this end time, just a few years ago, a couple of years ago, the estimated attendance figure for uh, sporting events of all and all movies in recent years, the NFL 2014, there was 17.4 million people 
went to NFL games. NBA games, $21.9 million. The NHL, I don't know what that means. Is that hockey? Oh. Thank you. I didn't know that. But I, I see that, you know, you're up on that. NHL, 23, $22.3 million. Now, I do know what NBA is. That's basketball, isn't it? Okay. I don't keep up with it. I just know what the letters mean. <laughs> NLB, what's that? Anybody knows? Huh? MLB. Oh, is that what that is? You know more about sports than I do. 73.7 million. On Sundays. I know. I'm trying to get there. Just hold on. Buckle up. NASCAR. That's that's not followed well. 3.5 million. Super Bowls. 20 point, 2015 was 114.4 million viewers. Movies, 2014, it said 1.3 billion tickets sold. Now watch this. This is the clincher. I'm not preaching, you know, just blowing wind and hot air. Churches in 2015. Now I know the average here is not all that good. 6.8 billion with an average of 130 million attending each Sunday. And yet, look at the millions that never dart in the door. They don't want church. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want church. Amen. So here we are. Showing and giving you some statistics of where we are. Let me give you, oh, I, just hold on, folks. Hold on just a minute. God chose preaching. It's beginning its roots in the Bible. The word preach is one form or another occurs in the New Testament, pardon me, in the Bible, 153 times in Scripture. It's seven times in the found in the book of Ecclesiastes. Where it is more titled than an action, there leaves 146 times that puts preaching on, the, on, on par with the word such as hope which is 156 times mentioned. Believe, 146 times. And prayer, 144 times. Only four of the 146 mentioned are the Old Testament. But as we see it, the richness of preaching the Word of God reaches out beyond and touches hearts. You never know, I never know, who may be touched by the preaching of the Word of God. Musicians would come. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Preaching. It can't be exhausted because it's God's wish. 
God blesses preaching. God blesses preaching that preaches his word. What is his word? When Peter came out down into the city of Jerusalem, those that were there talked about how the, this New Testament church was acting. He said, these are not drunk as ye suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Then Peter said, you have by wicked hands taken and crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. And then Peter said unto them, then they said, what must we do? The simple words to that group of people, Brother Johnson, what? Repent. How simple can you get? If you're in sin and immorality and adultery and lying and cheating and all of that, what else? How, how important it is. Why don't you just repent? Why don't you turn over the old saying, why don't you turn over a new leaf? Why don't you change your way? I don't want to. Well, if you don't want to change your ways and you don't really want to depend, repent of the way you're acting and the way you're doing, you don't want to hear good preaching. You just want your ears tickled. You just want somebody to rub your back and say, you're a good old boy. You're a good old girl. Hello. You're going to go to heaven one of these days, maybe, and maybe not. You see, you can fool some people some of the time. The old saying goes, you can't fool all the people all the time. Preaching is that which stirs the heart of an individual church. You know that. Amen. I went, as I said, I went to church not to get saved, not to find the Lord, but he found me. Amen. And about two or three pews back, one, two, three, four, just behind sis there, he found me. Now, I knew what singing religious songs were. My family sang religious songs. But I could sing religious songs and gamble at the same time. Was I sacrilegious? No. I just like to sing. And my family was big, and some of my uh, my family, we played cards together, gambled, not just played rook, but we played for money. But when I went to church, but God got to start dealing with me. I quit gambling. I quit drinking. I, I quit all of that. But listen to me. <clears throat> I hadn't quit smoking. Oh no, I, I was still drink, uh, smoking, but I quit drinking. I mean, quit doing And I was trying to quit cussing. Nobody told me I, I had to quit. Nobody told me I had to give up cigarettes. Nobody told me I had to quit gambling. Nobody, nobody, nobody. But there was something when I went to the house of God. Oh. Hallelujah, I heard this big old six foot three, six foot four, 275 pound preacher with a big old rough, roughy voice preaching about hell 
And I realized, God, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to burn for eternity. I don't want to be out of the presence. God, what can I do? God got a hold of my heart that night. I cried like a baby screaming for forgiveness. For forgiveness. And you know what? That night, I'd give up all these other extraordinary things that I was involved in and doing. That night, I quit smoking. Flat out, quit smoking. Now, I'd only been smoking about six years because my dad didn't know it. I probably wouldn't be here today. But I did. he didn't know it. I didn't let him know it. And I warned and threatened my sister if she told him. I'd catch her and thump her good because I knew I was going to get it too. So I just might as well thump her for telling And if she was here this morning, she would tell you. I threatened her. Don't you tell Dad. So you see, it's preaching that stirs the heart of a man or a woman or a, a young person or a child. It's preaching. God delights in preaching. God is pleased with the church with the church that allows and quit trying to put a put a muzzle on the pastor of the church. I'm meddling because it's need to be meddled. Don't put a muzzle to hold the preacher's mouth shut that he can't preach the truth and righteousness and godliness, holiness. Oh, oh. Are we here today? The question comes back to you from me. What do you want to come to church for if not to hear good preaching? Having somebody to tell you how to be saved. Now, the church is not only just for you, but you come to be strengthened. The church is for the, the backslider, the lukewarm, the man or the woman that has never met Jesus. Heard a lot about him, but never met him. When Zacchaeus met, seen the Lord, the Lord said, Zacchaeus, he changed Zacchaeus' life. When the Lord seen, what was it? Andrew, or Andrew had invited his brother, I'm, I'm not sure right now. But the Lord said, an Israelite indeed. He said, what do you, how do you know that? He said, I saw you under the tree. God sees you and I today. He knows what's in here. I can't see it, but he does. But he knows one thing. It pleased him to be to have the preacher preach the word of God. Now I know I've heard I, I know I hope you're not exhausted. I hope I've not fed you the whole bale of hay. But I know I've filled you up with something about preaching. Young men of this church, all of us need to be reminded, preach the word. 
Oh, that's what Paul told that young Timothy in the fourth chapter. Preach the word. Be instant. In season and out of season. Learn how to rebuke. Stay firm in the gospel. And God is so good. Would you stand with me? Thank you for being so kind and attentive and not walking out on me. God is good. I love God. I love His Word. Does it always satisfy? No. The Word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's sharp. But when it gets too cutting, guess what? You're going to be a better person for it. I will be a better person for it. You may find faults, but I want to tell you something. God knows how to heal all affliction of the body. He wants you to know stay stay connected, stay calm, stay in me, and I'll fight your battle. I love him today. If you're here this morning, I know that pastor was back last weekend, and I don't know what he preached. I don't know what he preached. I'm just trying to tell you God is pleased because Paul said he's pleased by the foolishness. The only way you can preach is by foolish preaching what the world thinks. Brother Aaron, Sweet. 